guys welcome back to doing life lately podcast in this podcast we share life as it is and karibuni sana guys to season 2 of the doing life lately podcast and in season 2 guys we have so much in store for you i have uh, i have created a platform where people are going to be sharing their personal stories with us some of the guests i will hide their identities some i will not uh so that they don't get victimized so in this episode of uh the first episode of season 2 i have a guest who i'm going to uh i mean hide their identities and they will go by the name raniam this is because i don't want them to be victimized i will also alter with their voice so that the aim is just not to have them victimized because i want them to feel like it, this is a safe space for them to share their story and also be comfortable while sharing the story so in studio with me today is rania hi rania hi faith how are you i am doing great thank you so much for having me in today's podcast okay are you feeling nervous extremely extremely like miguzi na tetemeka and everything but i am looking forward to simply seeing how the conversation goes and hopefully it will inspire someone um in the stage of their journey that they are in okay okay thank you i'm also nervous i told you So what we'll just do uh you will just proceed and uh share your story and then yeah Awesome so um thank you so much for the introduction So before we even get to discuss the elephant in the room it would be best if I did a deep dive into my background just a tiny bit that we we are all on the same page like we are all looking at the canvas from the same angle nisi kuroshie to that i was i've been a sex worker and making this much money so before we get there let us rewind it all the way back to my childhood so i was raised in good part of my childhood was raised in madara slums and it was an incredibly fun childhood for most of it and one of the famous games that we used to play was kalongo longo and so in playing kalongo longo i mean i really don't know what it is like have you seen the glow up that people do on social media <laughs> like i had i had a real glow up in terms of in terms of finally getting people to simply love me and accept me at first go but in my childhood that wasn't the case people didn't want to play with me and so i had to work extra hard to be included in people's games and the games that people used to play were the kalongolongo and chamama and chababa but then nobody really wanted to partner up with me in the chababa bit and so they would pair me up with my little brother and that wasn't fun because i equally wanted to get my own chababa and get to play and do whatever it is that people do and so uh mainly my role would be i would either be the house help or be sent around or kuosha izo sufuria za the tins zarangi 
struggles, struggles, sorrows. But um, eventually when I was finally paired with someone else who wasn't my brother, still same children of the same age-ish, I finally got to learn what it is that people really do in Cha Mama and Cha Baba. And those guys, they were doing it. You get. (laughs) Like, and... Um, I guess I was okay with it because we were all of the same age-ish and just, um, you know, being aroused in parts of your body that you didn't think they were possible. But then being so young, because I was, I was really young, I can't quite remember the exact age. But then um, for most part of the time when we were playing other games, like I would still have to work extra hard for to be approved, you know, to play with my fellow fellow kids. And so um, this one time when my fellow children didn't want to play with me, I was all alone because we used to live in our plot in the in the slums. So, you know, I was just seated there crying. Then there was this young man by the name Rogers. His real name was like, come on, mekata kuja kucheza na wewe. Kuja kucheza na wewe. And you know, just coming from a place of really wanting so hard to be accepted and really like nothing is happening and they don't have to do anything but this guy just wants to play with me. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll get into your house and play with you. And so um, as soon as I got into Roger's house, what happened, happened. And I remember that as much as I used to do Cha Baba and Cha Mama with my fellow kids, that was like okay-ish, but this felt wrong. This felt as if something was ripped out of me. And so um, I remember going back home, bleeding and crying and went to my sister and cried to my sister because I was like, Rogers has done this and this and my sister was quite defensive simply because beknownst to me Rogers was the boyfriend and it was like I was taking the boyfriend ish and you know I just you know I just wanted to open up to someone and explain to them what truly happened but then the feedback that I got was heartbreaking to say the least so um, now that I've touched on my sister let me give you a bit of backstory with my siblings also just to interrupt you um, so Rogers, what Rogers did was uh, rape you Yes. Yeah. So, um, part of my part of part of the little bit that I remember from my childhood was the fact that my big sister used to use my hand to arouse herself, and 
how I clearly and vividly remember it is the fact that we would sit on our stairs and she had started growing pubic hair. That's how old or a bit older she was than me at that particular time. Uh, just to interrupt you, um, was Rogers your sister's boyfriend? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. I get it, yeah. okay. But then this backstory is way before is way before me and Rogers happened. So, you know, we would sit at her stairs and you know, my sister would direct and guide me as to how to finger her till like my fingers would become wet and tired. And you know, like right now that I'm a bit older and have a bit more understanding towards what was happening, I'm like, y'all weren't good sisters. <laughs> you get sorry for shouting into your ears. But um, not just that, but even later on, I remember one of my brothers when we used to sleep together they would hold me inappropriately in terms of like you see the way you would you would cuddle with your sibling with pure intentions but then they'll be rubbing off i mean because it's cuddling on the spooning position and they'd be rubbing their trying to arouse themselves through you that was what was happening in my own family with my own like blood siblings and it was something that i wasn't truly comfortable with but i mean it's family and you are young so probably this is the way school was quite smooth-ish um, but when I went into high school during the in-between breaks my relationship with my mom hasn't been that great up to now but it's something that we are working towards but it was constantly and just my mom was speaking things into my life things that i wasn't really doing like oh kaziako nikulala na wanaume oh kaziako ni kuvuta bangi and doing drugs and at that point i hadn't yet started doing drugs i wasn't really sleeping with that much man when i say much men it's because <laughs> at this point of my life body count is out of the roof but um you get back then like like i still had my purity intact ish i still had i like i wouldn't know how exactly to to describe it to you but when I was joining campus, my the relationship that I had with my mom and even with my other family members really deteriorated to the point that it was like it was just a generally like a toxic family environment to be in. But then again, it is family, and I mean you really there's nothing much that you can do. 
Uh, just to interrupt again, <laughs> guys, I keep on interrupting so that I just want to maintain her voice to be, uh, I mean, to be just uh, their voice so that it doesn't get in the mix-up. So I just wanted to ask, um, do you think your mom was projecting to you by telling you you are sleeping with a lot of men or uh, you are smoking weed? Uh, did she also have the same kind of growing up? Me, I don't think my mom necessarily had the same kind of growing up, but she was definitely projecting because I remember as soon as, I'm not sure whether it was in my first or second year at the university, I was so fed up with living in, in that toxic cycle and I was like, you know what, since, I mean, since unasema na lala na wanaume, sini lale now. So that every day as you are consistently talking about it, at least I won't feel so guilty because then I'll know, by the way, it is something that I'm doing, so you're kind of right. But right now, when you keep on saying that I'm doing this and I keep on telling you that I'm not doing it and you're even shouting more higher saying that I'm lying to you and I should stop lying to you, let us all be on the same page. And so, um, but the, the story that, because I in the story, Mayanza, the story that you are just about to hear has nothing to do with my mom and she did not contribute to it in any way. Nimimi, nakichwangu muyangu, and wanting to prove that we can actually do it and did it. Um, um, yeah, so in campus, I went on a hot spree of sleeping with with men and it was mainly because I it stemmed from the root of wanting so deeply to be accepted and to be loved and just looking for something healthy something that I haven't seen in my own family just to interrupt I just want to say you don't mention the university you went to but was it in Nairobi awesome so the university I went to was in Nairobi and during that time I joined a Bible study group with some of my friends where we would mainly go study the Bible, worship, praise, do life, go home. And so um every Wednesday that used to be that used to be my routine and it was more of like a way of it grounding me back to the things of God and just trying to get my life fully on track because at this point I was like like I, I I did enjoy having sex with people with different people but then at the same time pia tulikuwa baby girls when you wanataka kujieka vizuri so I wasn't really sleeping with that much men but I was definitely sleeping around with a few of my campus mates so this one time I met up with, we had like a new member into the group and they were consistent in coming for Bible study and the guy was hot. Ha! Ah, ah, kijana adi waleo nasemanga, ah, ni mali safi. And so 
um, we started getting to know each other. We were going on multiple dates. And one time, we, the date really took way too long. And so by the time that we were finishing up the date at around 1 a.m., there were no mats of me going back home. So then this guy came up with the brilliant suggestion of us renting out a room just here in Tao. And then, you know, we whatever happened, happened the following morning. I took pitus that didn't work and ended up getting pregnant. And so um, going back into campus, especially once the belly has, has fully grown, like it was such a, a burden in terms of the shame that you get simply by people looking at you. Iti ulikuja campus kupata degree, but unatoka na degree mbili. And you know, like like it was it was such a struggle going for lectures with the pregnancy. And so we had to put school on hold for me to parent at least for the first few years of my baby. And so um, while putting school on hold, I got uh, work in Limuru. And for the first few months, I used to commute back home. But like, remember, home was still that toxic environment. People were still talking trash at home. Home was just a place whereby ndio mkona mandugu zako, but ile chuki yenye iko. You're like, I gotta go. I gotta go. So I moved out of home, um, got a house in Limuru, and started working. Now, when we were working, um, I met up with with some ladies who introduced me to the world of networking. Like, what is it called? This network marketing. And I was so sold to the dream of like, by the way, we can actually do this. Like, make millions and stuff. And so I quit my job to do that whole thing. And that whole thing didn't work out. Okay. Uh, just to ask, uh, the point of where you slept with this, uh, uh, your baby daddy. Uh, now after you, you took P2, uh, did you tell him now that you were pregnant? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, because that morning we took Petus and followed, followed it up with prayers. We were like, Daddy God, this one time, like, <laughs> I believe most ladies have made that that prayer because hey, pregnancy scare is just something else. So four months into my pregnancy, I still didn't know that I was pregnant because my periods used to be irregular. But um, so you know, I went to the chemist, bought the strips, got them confirmed, um, reached out to this guy and we were like, we need to talk. And when we met in Tao, I was like, it's been four months. I haven't seen my periods. I took the test. Um, they came out 
positive and we are pregnant and of course the guy was like are you sure are you sure niangu and um you know i was like hey of course niako you get like like the audacity that you have to ask me that means you're not going to bible study but um yeah so um you know he automatically did reject it and it was a whole back and forth of us trying to get him to commit the up to date badwa jafanya okay now you can just proceed to where you went these women for networking yes so i joined this um network marketing company that used to to sell um trips all over the globe but um for me it didn't work out like i didn't even find anybody to join under me and that is the way that people make money in network marketing and so now that i had resigned my very first job and i was at a place where by i am not willing to go back home like by the way going back home like it wasn't even an option i was like no kama imefika hapo like i am not going back home you get so i was willing to do anything to make it work now there is a website it's a really good website for information but miss junior generally kuja kuitumia for this particular purpose so um you know joined joined the site and then started putting out ads of the different services that i was offering and so that was my primary way of ideally getting clients and so you know we would sell different services from Well, well, so uh you know different services used to have different rates like a blow job wouldn't be charged the same as a three holer. And so equally you wanting me to come alone to see you wouldn't be charged the same as you wanting me to come to see you together with a friend of mine. And so um you know I mean my calendar was booked back to back um with different clients and we would like when I would go to see them it was such I mean mind you at this point I used to enjoy sex so it wasn't something that I was forced to do or anything like sex having sex gave me s- like this incredible and intense pleasure that i just wanted more of it but um like there's such a fine line between enjoying sex and having sex for money like doing it as a transaction because for some of the clients that i now used to meet they would treat me like nothing like a nobody simply because i've equally reduced myself to that level and so um 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 i remember um there was i mean there were nights that i would make up to 100 g's simply by seeing few people 
and there were nights whereby you would book one client who would book you for the whole weekend and by the time you're coming back unakujana 250 but then the thing is that yes i finally had money to sustain myself and to pay rent and i would take days like days out of work because this was my body that was in full business and one thing that people don't necessarily mention is the fact that how that business of Roscoco can can really take a toll on your body not just the spiritual aspect of you having multiple soul ties but that constant being in a cycle of like at 24 hours you're sleeping with different men and you are moving from location to location because because like there are days whereby i would sleep with eight different men in one day and the thing is like it just gets to a point whereby your soul can't take it like Dio, you can push your body to see someone else you can push your throat to take down something else and you would get paid like 10k for like a really good blowjob it actually got to a point where i was named the queen of blowjobs in nairobi and so the business was booming <laughs> to the point that from the reviews that my clients would tell their friends they would want to experience that service and that whole experience it came i mean because there is it's it's one thing to have sex in a hotel or in your home it's another different thing to have sex in places that aren't those two in public places in basements in cars in planes in like i've had sex everywhere like And just, you know, like, just... <sighs> like, stretching out your limits every single time to see what else you are able to take and what else you are able to make out of it. Like, it continuously pushes you to the dark side to the point that you don't even realize that you are in the dark side anymore now during this time um i remember um one of the times that i did reach my rock bottom i was meeting up with with um it was a new client and they were paying a rate of 50 g's like for a first time client to pay you fifty thousand for like three hours of you being with them i was like i brave kwani what do you want to do mind you people have the most weirdest fetishes outside here and and for some of those fetishes even me myself i couldn't i couldn't stomach them like someone would pay you up to a milli so long as you're willing to like 
have sex with your dad or with your biological brother and they record it and i was like um no no i still have my morals intact you get but for this particular client uh, i remember like during that week i had really stretched my body in terms of the men that i had slept with and so i was i was so exhausted and so tired and when i went to meet him i wasn't well presentable for this particular client and he wasn't so happy about it and so um he took a nyaunyo and started clobbering me which was part of his fetish so see telco nanichapa is a punishment of not <laughs> of not dressing nicely but um that whole encounter with him afterwards that ended with a golden shower and mind you being like offering a three holer services you know what a three holer is i can even i can imagine what it is <laughs> but i i don't know <laughs> is, it, is it a threesome no a three holer it's whereby a client gets to have a deep throat now there's a difference between a blow job and a deep throat a deep throat anyway let me not <laughs> let me not get into that but they get a deep throat anal and vaginal sex that's a three holer a threesome it's completely different it's it's way easier actually than a three hole like as well so when when this particular interaction i remember it was my first time getting a golden shower and by golden shower what you mean a man pissing all over you and demanding that you drink that piss after sex and for me seated in that bathroom i was like by the way this is our rock bottom this is the bottom of the bottomest that we should ever hit you get it was anyway anyway so sinikapoa 50k zangu nikaenda mind you one thing that i should mention to our listeners is the fact that pesa ya roscoco aujui penye naenda i used to make so much money but i never had money but i used to make so much money but do like nikama maji like trying to hold water in like your hands like it just used to disappear as soon as it came when you try to remember where that money went to you really can't remember but good part of that money was going into buying drugs and buying alcohol because the kind of life that i had submitted myself to i wasn't willing to be sober enough to actually even want to relive it or even remember i was like mm -mm, mm -mm, we are not staying sober for this anyway so um during that time i met up with my boyfriend 
we broke up a few years later on, but um, he was a doctor and so he provided me with the stability in terms of financing my life without me having to like rely and depend with other men. Now, mind you, some of my clients were really nice. They were super nice. With some of them, we are friends up to date. And so um, one of my clients connected me with one of his companies and I started working because um, for some of the men that I used to meet, not all of them wanted sex. Some of them just wanted to do pillow talks and just wanted someone to just listen to them as they are caressing them. And those used to be my favorite clients. I was like, yes, daddy, I'll come see you. <laughs> now uh, now that you've mentioned that uh, some of them, you're friends with them till to date, does it trigger you? Or or, or to say, do, do you fear that you could fall back into into what you used to do? Um, n- no, not really. But, I mean, I say no simply because of the kind of work that I've done um, for me to actually get here. But for some of them, they still don't yet understand why we can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um so that's how I started my transition out of that world by taking up a job offer from one of my clients and it was a marketing gig and this time around it wasn't network marketing because I've always I've always loved and enjoyed digital marketing um per se. So, you know, my boyfriend was um, supplying me with money for in exchange of being like a really good girlfriend because I was a really good girlfriend. Yes, or rather during during my during my reformation. And so um, I remember even during that time as I was making the transition, I reached out to the leader of our Bible study and they enrolled me into rehab and so plus therapy and they paid for like a six month um, therapy. So then I started, you know, like I had really committed myself to change because after hitting rock bottom several times, it it came to a point whereby I was so suicidal because I was drinking myself and taking so much drugs because staying like like staying sober just wasn't it just wasn't an option. You wanted uh, to numb the thing. Yes. And so um, 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 I remember this one time I had like taken poison, um, um, rat poison and drank it. And so um, I had forgotten that I had an appointment in my house. And so when still a current friend of mine, but at that point he was a client when he came, found me forming a kanipeleka hosi and actually, actually, actually like when when I got there I was like, by the way, if the devil wants to take me out so bad you might as well. Yeah! Mm-hmm. You get! I get. Like, anyway. So, um, 
So I started my therapy journey and this was after completing my time at rehab and it was a difficult time because of the withdrawal um, symptoms from the drugs and just not having to take any sort of drugs anymore. But that whole feeling was, it could have been better than dying because it is difficult and you know as much as even even up to now when i see people trying to either quit alcohol or quit drugs and they still go back to it i have so much grace for them because i'm like yo the fact that you want to try and quit it is good enough because quitting it's not just like like guys don't just take drugs because they i mean yes they want to but they also don't want to so um when we completed that first phase of the journey whereby i had now i was stable enough to survive without drugs and my health was getting back to normal and my body was equally recovering then we started therapy to equally heal my mental health and my spiritual health like the leader for my bible study was so committed to ensure that I become a wholesome person, 360 degrees. And so when therapy was getting better, I equally got a better job, a better paying job. And it was like, I finally came back to the point whereby I was living like a normal life-ish in terms of being able to support my baby, with an income that is that is what is the word you know like uh not not a healthy income but but yeah you know like like an income that is acceptable to the society like this is the correct way of of earning an income and yes it was like a huge reduction from what I was used to earning, but then my boyfriend used to equally supplement it. By the way, we thank God for boyfriends out here who give girlfriend allowances because where Munatuo Kolea. So, yeah, so yeah. Um, so you had now sustainable income? Yes, 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 yes. So now I had, I had a sustainable income and my urge because I remember one of my prayers was for God to completely reduce or do away with my urge for sex because I used to be hungry for sex you get like I would hit on any man I've never met you before and and like it got so bad to the point whereby whether you're paying me or not like it's okay I just wanted to have sex with somebody with anybody
but um yeah it is something it is one thing that god has really worked on me and i've equally had to put in so much work um on myself simply by denying my body of its um yes of its urge and you know um this year so far i am yet to have sex which is good i i think this is the longest that I've gone without having sex but then also there's this whole um, other part of trying to trying to heal my people pleasing tendencies you know um traits and trying to love Rania to the point whereby it's like but it doesn't matter whether your family members love you and accept you like you is a big girl baby girl and you are loved and i mean it's not it's it's a, it's 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 still it's still a journey that i am walking just trying to love myself and do things as if i am doing them to someone to someone that is loved like right now i would be so cautious towards sleeping with any man because i'm like yo unajua kazi yenye imeenda into into this body but then also not wanting to to open up that cycle again i mean because the thing is yes i used to be a professional sex worker but then i used to enjoy it you get i wasn't in there for the money i wasn't in there because like my family couldn't sustain me or anything like they are well capable but i was there because i actually did enjoy and i was hooked to having sex okay and um i feel like all the questions i wanted to ask you you've already answered them through your story so the only question i have is uh your was your family aware of what you were doing and um wh- how did they contribute to your healing journey that's a very good question actually part of the reason why i even agreed to do this um podcast with you today faith it's cause my family never knew this part this part of my life for the longest time but then there was this time that my sister was going through my notes and found out in one of the journals that i used to have my clients and how much they would pay me and the services that i delivered i mean because i used to have like a whole a whole rate card of the things that i would i would provide and so when they found that particular journal and read it and condemned me for it but then it was it was it was condemning me with a lot of shock on their behalf because there was like you you've been doing what umekuwa ukifanya nini kwani unajichukia kiasi gani ujitupanishe hivyo kwa wanaume you get they were like and you did what and they did what i mean because in that journal like i i like i did highlight everything and for me to see my mom live through that shock i was like by the way it's your heart that i was trying to protect but now that you know 
we are free for the whole world to know the the full story but um how they contributed to the healing journey did they really i mean because you know up to up to now it is still you know like well when i say manga that if people can't change you're the one who who like who has to change so you know as much as up to now my mom still thinks that i'm a prostitute as much as i'm not you know i am like by the way i pray I pray God to akupe peace kwa roho yako. Ujue mtoto wako amechange cuz nikakwambia nimechange au utaniamini you think that I'm just blabbing around but yeah. Okay. And um how's your relationship with your mother? And and that of your sister now that in 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 in, in some way I will say that your your sister sexually harassed you. Yeah not in some way like black and white they did so um we have uh it's not a healthy family dynamic but we are working towards it being healthy and sadly um for us the reality of us working towards it is by people simply minding their own businesses and keeping themselves out of each other's businesses so you know like right now even if you were to come to my home at the very least exchange that you would get would be a high high and then everybody is out minding their own business on their phone but then that's simply because as soon as you know i either open up or someone discovers that something has been happening they'll just like they will go into this full force condemnation na kukeleleshwa and at this point i am like me is a big girl who earns my own money acha kunigombanisha stop raising your voice at me so yeah um um the relationship with my mom it's it is not great but that's cuz i don't know i think i finally got to a point whereby i gave up trying to work so hard to be accepted and to be loved and so and so and so right now it's i like the way that i've been living my life it's like i don't try to make you like me and i know that even if i did try it still won't be enough and so sadly that looks like me simply keeping to myself and minding my own business and for her even more sadly it's her filling in the gaps in her mind as to what i could be doing might be doing and still speaking into that like you know just speaking negative words and negative things into my future but as much as right now i have more knowledge to to know that i can counteract those words it's also this whole thing whereby as my mom she's been given the priesthood role over my life as her daughter to speak good things into my life and karma adi sahizi kwa life like tulifika hapa simply because that is what she spoke 
I'm like, okay, so, you know, I am not going to repeat this whole cycle again, but I'm going to mind my business, do my own things. You keep on speaking. I will counter speak against whatever it is that you're speaking. That's powerful. So as we wind up, guys, um, the last question is, how has God played a role in your transformation? <laughs> well, um, God has been at the center of it all. Even those nights when I didn't feel like he was at the center. And this was through him bringing people along the way who actually intentionally held my hand hold me accountable towards changing who loved me in a manner that i could finally experience the love of god like they loved me without me ever needing to prove myself with like they simply loved rania for being rania how loud she is how awkward she is how late she is like even for the few times that 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 i was still recovering and will fall back to drugs or fall back to having multiple sexual partners like they still love me with no condemnation and they were like yo listen we didn't die for you our blood wasn't shed for you but then if god loved you so much to the point that he's been like actionable towards giving you a stable job and giving you good friends who be i mean because you know i have i have solid friends who really do love me and who know my story and don't do not condemn me at all at all and that has enabled me to equally want to know god's love for myself through reading the bible and just listening to different sermons on god's love and actually communing with the spirit of god to the point that i am i like because i want to know him for myself and i am grateful that god hasn't hid himself from me but he's equally been revealing more of himself to me and that has if like transformed my whole um, perception towards life and towards God from both inside and out. Sorry, you shared here. So, guys, uh, now we are winding up on this this amazing uh, episode one of the Doing Life Lately podcast, and I and I feel like um, from your story, I have I have th there are things that have been like constant reminder that we we as human beings is that there are, there are times that we get to judge people just from people's stories or from what we've had but until you know someone's story that's when you have the right to even judge but even in the initial stage you shouldn't be in a position to judge someone i was talking yesterday to a colleague they were asking me about this certain person i won't mention their names because they they are popular and she she asked me like why does this this lady keep, keep keeps back like 
she surfaces on the internet and then she disappears i told her she 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 is a drug addict and she told me but i feel like if she want to if she want to stop she can stop but i told her no it's not yeah. that easy yeah. it's not that easy for you to mm-hmm. just wake up and say like mm-hmm. now today i'm starting there there are stages whereby you'll you'll just fall back you are very helpless you can't help yourself so it's it's not a matter of if you want the change you can do it yes that's true that's true if you want the change it's for you to make the to make the first step but also it's a process that you have to be very gracious to people of 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 such kind you have you have to extend grace to people the same way you should you expect them to extend grace to you and i feel like the sharing of this story is going to impact people in so many much in so many ways in so many ways and you know when i was starting this podcast i i i always heed the fact that i am a bishop's daughter and i feel like for the longest time i have hid myself from that because i don't want you to take me as that kind of a person i want you to just know me as faith and that's it don't don't tie me to the to the fact that my dad is a bishop yes he is but this is who i am and i feel like i i have been born again but I feel like I am strongly convicted this being born again and wanting to have a re- personal relationship with God and that began to me when last year around around August that's when I wanted to yearn to know more about God and it's very uh, and I think I listened this to Joyce Meyer where she said uh, she was she was talking about God's love and she was asking how as human beings can we show how can we love and she said for us to emulate the love of God is how we connect or how we live with other people if i don't like urania then i do not portray the love of god mm-hmm. if i don't like sat- a certain person then that is not the love of god and that's not how god intended us to to love people and coming of coming coming to season 2 of this uh, podcast i felt like i was strongly strongly convicted i even told you that i was strongly convicted that that this is what god this is this is what god has for me to do in this generation because every every morning i pray and every night i pray that if anything your will but not mine because i only I, i only imagine it it will be so meaningless it will be so worthless for me to just live life if it is not in accordance if it's not aligned to the purpose of god and i feel like that is what this podcast is going to be and I've reached a point where by I really don't care how you 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 envision me. If you want to envision me as a preacher, well, fine. Fine and well. I, I'm I'm okay with it. But I'm in a stage where by I'm I'm done hiding yeah. that I'm a bishop's daughter. Yes, I am and I'm born again and this is it. This is what you're going to do. If it's going to sound like preaching, let it sound like preaching as long as it is in alignment with what God has purposed for me on this earth. Yeah so with that is the story of Rania please please um I want to conclude this uh episode and I feel like a lot has been said and I just don't want to drag it too much a lot has been said and make sure you follow us on all 
all audio platforms. We are on Spotify, we are on Google Podcast, we are on Apple Podcast, we are on Castbox, you name it. Whenever you find your podcast, we are there. And if you are not there, please DM us on at Doing Light Lately Podcast on Instagram so that you can add that up. So until next time, I have been your host, Faith and Vanya. Bye.